It is Thursday, November 23rd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Grab your turkey and stuffing. And week 12 gets underway. Here it comes, the Vegas truth. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your Thanksgiving. There's four games on Thursday. What's happening here? And a Black Friday game in the NFL for the first time ever. Oh, what a week we've got here, Scott. NFL's obviously the Vegas lead. Yes. Well, we want to wish everybody out there a very happy Thanksgiving. Some of you might be surprised to wake up this morning and see a new episode. On your phone or your computer, wherever you listen to the podcast, we thank you so much for subscribing and listening to Straight Out of Vegas AM. We wanted to give back to you, the listener. Because we're thankful. Yes, we're thankful for you. So we wanted to give back to you by doing an episode here. Uh, on Thanksgiving, although not recording it at our normal time. we It is Wednesday night, so uh, it, you're listening to us in the future. That's so, right. You know, that, that, Amazing. That's, that t- technology is insane. Like We're literally time traveling right now. I love it. Because they're listening to us in the future, but we did this in the past. I would say it only works on holidays, but it's technically not even a holiday. When yet. will then be now? Oh, Soon. My head hurts. Joining us to talk about the Thursday Thanksgiving slate is the only two-time winner of the Super Contest and the current second place, Steve Fezzik in Circa Millions. That's awesome. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Let's just say no to the turkey. Don't be a slave to tradition. If you don't eat turkey 364 days of the year, doesn't mean you have to eat one today. And if you do eat one, I do think personally, and of course AJ will disagree, I like just getting like the turkey breast. Forget that uh, that horrible leg. Forget all the dark meat and all that stuff. Oh just take like what, what, you have like, the worst meat takes ever. Who you know, likes? I, I don't eat. Uh, you know what? I, I'll who do, likes I will, white meat? I will. I will have no. I don't eat the dark meat. What? Yeah, yeah I, the, but I'll eat the that's leg. That's the flavorful meat. That's that's you probably eat like the middle of the lobster too. There's always somebody that has the dark meat though, so you have to serve it. You have to put it out there. Like when you eat a chicken. Yeah. Like, do you prefer a breast or a thigh? The breast. That's yeah. insane to me. That's tasteless meat. No, that's like a, the chicken steak. That's like the turkey steak. The rest of no. it's like, oh. like it's and you know you know you know turkey is no good because stuffing is no good and yet stuffing enhances the taste of the turkey. Here's the problem for you, Fez. You grew up in a part of the world where food is shit. I'm sorry, but the Midwest portion of the United States just doesn't know how to make food. So you guys have all this white people cooking with no flavoring. So you grew up saying, well. This is no good. And I grew up where you make lasagna and pasta on Thanksgiving. I'm smoking a a turkey. It's a very valid point that, like, obviously England has the worst food in the world. And I'm sure there's a few countries that I'm unaware of, you know. But um, Ohio, it's about as bland as it gets. It's pretty bad. Yes. I mean, you got, like... Skyline chili is the uh, the state dish. That's bad. That's bad says news. I'm not allowed to talk about the soggy chili and how it is the worst namesake 
restaurant dish um, for a city and throughout the country. That that, that soggy five way chili with the you know with with um, the chili and the spaghetti and everything runs together in the onions. It's truly atrocious. So, so what will what will Mrs. Fezzik be making for Thanksgiving feast? Um, she will just wait for me to get done. Whatever on one of the, the live games has for the pickup, and we will be going to we will all be going out to a, one of the local casinos for gotcha. okay. Thanksgiving dinner. Is it, yes. is, we used to go to the real buffet. They is Chef the Nobu uh, serving they used to Thanksgiving be, yeah, feast? Yeah, that used to be the. I love Nobu. Um, they we used to go down to the real buffet. That was a tradition, you know. But mm-hmm. um, the the real has suffered some hard times. It's not what it used to be, huh? No. Well, Thanksgiving is what it used to be in terms of the NFL. We have three games on the it's schedule. It's better than it used to be. Yeah, we have three games on the schedule, starting with the Lions now up to eight point favorites on the DraftKings Sportsbook over the Packers. The Cowboys up to thirteen point favorites over the Commanders. And the 49ers, seven-point road favorites over the Seahawks. Let's start with the first game, Fez. Lions now up to eight. I've already teased it down. It's part. I did Lions-Niners as my teaser for this Thanksgiving slate. We know the numbers on favorites on Thanksgiving Day. Overall, they dominate. The Lions also, history as favorites on Thanksgiving, very dominant. What's your take on this game against the Packers? What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. So uh, power ratings make the game seven and a half. So it's right there, seven and a half and eight versus the marketplace. Go ahead and you know jam, ram and jam in your Lions teasers mm-hmm. with every other Wong teaser. Wong teasers, of course, being the minus eights down to minus twos and the plus twos up to plus eights. Now, technically, San Fran as a teaser wouldn't qualify. I would not tease San Fran because it's a road favorite, which aren't as good historically, and it's also at seven. And I don't like to tease seven point favorites in general down to one. Having said that, Thanksgiving favorites kick serious butt. So if you're going to make an exception and, to the rule, and Fez, Thanksgiving touchdown favorites, touchdown favorites or mm-hmm. higher. On Thanksgiving, since 2006, 21 and two straight up, 17 and six ATS. So I'm going to pull back the curtain. So if you don't want to ruin your Thanksgiving because if Detroit loses, like then you're going to have a miserable time. You can protect your teasers. Pros do this a little bit. So if you get a free play. You don't want to take the free play. Let's say it's a thousand dollar free play. You don't want to say I'm going to do a thousand dollar free play. Um, and just bet it on San Francisco minus seven, for instance, because you're only going to win half the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe you win 53%. Maybe you win 47%. You get the idea. So it's worth 50 cents on the dollar. You want to play a big underdog. That's how you maximize the value of a free play. Well, what better way to protect your weekend if you're already teasing the hell out of Detroit? May as well do a free play on Green Bay on the money line. It protects all those teasers. Of course, you could argue Detroit could win by one, and then you lose everything. Well, and, you know— an F1 race could come to Vegas and ruin the entire strip for six months. It's so unlikely I wouldn't worry about well, it. I would recommend if you wanted to do that free bet on the underdog on the money line to do the Commanders plus 500. That's absurd. Well, the Cowboys are horrible on Thanksgiving. And they're 1-11 and ATS in their past 12 Thanksgiving you know, games. It's too big a, a dog. Point. It's too unlikely. I, of I, course I, it's too unlikely, but you said it's a free bet. We're taking an underdog. We're getting plus no, 500. I, it, that free bet is worth, like, five, just doing the math. The free, this is interesting. So the free bet is worth, like like I said, let's assume it's $1,000 free bet. Free bet. So it's worth $500. Um, if we put it on Washington, what do they pay? 
plus 500. Okay. I only th- I think Washington only wins the game 10% of the time. Okay. So where I'm going is that so I'm basically getting the same playing it on the Washington money line as I would just playing any game, you mm-hmm. know, normally. Well, I don't want that. I want better than that. So play like a seven-point underdog. Don't Once you get past a 10-point underdog, it's almost impossible to find value. Relevant conversation now because ESPN Bet just launched last week, and they do have free bets for a first-time deposit. So if you're doing that, there's your free bets and how to take advantage of it. You know, if they Brand new sportsbook just opened. Let's take advantage of these free bets. If they let you play a three-team parlay at 6-1, to one, that's exceptional because that is— I don't know what they allow. I'm just that, saying that, 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 that allows take advantage seven. of free— I got folks back in Jersey that are taking advantage of these free bets. Well, have one of them find out if you can play a three-team parlay because— like, Oh, no. I thought you asked. I, I be, tried to get a deposit. Because <laughs> as, an example, as an example, let's say you had— um, Let's say you had eight $100 free bets, for instance. You got $800 of free bets. You could literally, if they let you, you could mix and match all eight combinations, just take three random games. One of the eight will win, and you'll get back 600 So 600 is better than betting two games on your free bets, 400 each, and going one-on-one and getting back 400 600 is bigger than 400 So um, bottom line is I know I'm, like, harsh when it comes to this stuff. It's like if, if, you're making, if you have a free bet and a book lets you play dogs, big dogs, and you're making a straight bet, you're 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 you're, uh, you're just blundering all over the place. You know, I mean, you got, you got to maximize the value of this stuff. Scott brought up something that I want to ask you about as we transition into the next game. He brought up all the Dallas negative numbers on Thanksgiving, and I'm curious how you weigh that versus Dak against bad teams. Dak historically dominates bad teams. The Cowboys this season have dominated bad teams. They're covering all these huge numbers. What, where, how do you balance those two? You know, I guess they, they're, they're pointing you in different directions. How do you find the sweet spot? So this is highly scientific. Be careful. Okay, you might want to take notes on this. This is really complex. I think they're roughly offset. Okay. <laughs> Dallas is a big bully, and the favorites always kick butt on Thanksgiving, and Dallas is a bad historical favorite. So all things being equal, I'm back to square one. Well, the line has moved in favor of Dallas minus 13. So if you like Washington – it was plus 11 a couple of days ago. Now it's plus 13. You know, I think that's, that's how most people say the line has moved in favor of Dallas. I got to tell you, it's as a listener. in favor of Washington to get I, more points. Right. I yeah. never liked that term, and, I, and everybody uses it. So you're doing what everyone says, mm-hmm. but it makes no effing sense to me at all. It's like it, it, I would just say the line has – money has come on Dallas. But you're from, looking at the word favor in a different term, in different way. Yes. Because favor would mean, like, you're looking at it in terms of benefit. Yes. I'm looking at it in terms of uh, – which side the majority is. Right. And I'm just saying if anything can be even slightly ambiguous to anyone, probably just don't utilize. Like, like I'm using it as I favor Coke Zero, not, you know, this the is. The betters. Yeah, exactly. Yes. The betters favor Dallas, and that's why they're betting exactly. Dallas. And like, and I'll go as far as to, like, I just think it's, good, it's a good practice to get into. Don't say Dallas is 13 and a half. Say Dallas is minus 13.5. Always say the minus sign. I know people disagree, but you know what? I listen to so many podcasts, and I'll listen to a college football game, and they'll say all the time, they'll be like, and Utah Valley State's up to two. And I'm like, are they minus two or are they plus two? Is it that hard to tell me? I'm a card counter. You know, when I count the cards, you count the cards. Scott, is the count is, you, you, the count's plus four or it's minus four or it's M4? I imagine Fez, like in school, his teachers would tell him something, and he'd be like, no, I know that's popular opinion, but it's wrong. Like yeah. just telling his teachers they're wrong all the time. It's like, like on- these power ratings. The average team should have a power rating of zero. This Brad Powers <laughs> just like 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 he knows I'm right, and it's gotten to the point he just wants to disagree with me. He's like, no, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make my average team's power rating a 73. He's like the water boy. No, Colonel Sanders, <laughs> yeah. you're wrong. <laughs>
Well, for a full breakdown on the first two games of the Thanksgiving Day Slate, go to RJ Bell's Dream Preview, where we did do a special podcast on Monday night. It aired on Tuesday morning, so you can listen to the breakdown of the Packers, Lions, and the Commanders, Cowboys. Let's talk about the 49ers and Seahawks, Fez, because you and I differ on this game. I like San Francisco. You like Seattle. Is it just the number for you as why you like Seattle? Because the Westgate contest had seven and a half. It's seven right now on DraftKings. Well, my valuation, even at the market number of seven, favors Seattle. So I, I think I know where you're going because it's the whole Geno Smith you know, not being healthy and the running back. But I, my the highest I can get for San Francisco, I make them the best team in the NFL by a full point. They're eight points better than an average team if that's the case. Um, and the lowest valuation I can put on Seattle is to say that they're only an average team. You know, they're no better than average, which I think is selling them short. I think that they're, even with a banged-up Geno, they're a little bit better than average. But let's make them average. Well, that makes the game eight on a neutral, and Seattle has a fine home field advantage that's worthy of two points. So my power rating number gets me to a number below seven, and because of that, if I can get if I can bet them above seven, I have to do it. Night favorites 12 and four against the spread since the NFL started doing this third Thanksgiving day game. Mm. So 12 and four ATS. The unders 11 and five and seven and one in the past eight years. I like the under in this game and I like the 49ers. And I think you mentioned it. The 49ers, when healthy, they're the best team in football. And what have we seen from them when healthy? And, and I count healthy meaning Debo's playing. And Brock Purdy doesn't have a concussion. And Trent Williams is playing. And Trent Williams is playing. What well, even I, when Trent Williams, Trent Williams almost never plays. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but what have I seen from them? I've seen them go undefeated and score at the the lowest was 27 points last week. Well, that's not good for the under. Well, the, look at what they've given up in those games. 10, 16, 12, 14, 7. So I've seen them dominate when healthy. The three losses stacked up, coincidentally, happened to be when they were not healthy. And They're Debo, healthy now. And Debo is not just this year. He's been critically important to that offense, you know, throughout his career. So that's um, that's a very important piece of the puzzle. I think the healthy Niners are the most dangerous team in football. They are ten and one against the spread in their last eleven divisional games. So they're dominating this division. I'm not afraid of the number. I'm not afraid of the seven. I mean, you 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 don't like it that I did it, but I did it. I did the teaser how, with, how, with the Niners so how, and the Lions. So how come? And 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 I I know I'm being a jerk here. How come we didn't bet San Fran like on like a couple weeks ago and they're like minus three and a half in this game? Are we getting to the party kind of late? You know, paying an extra tax. What was the look ahead last just last week on this game? Let's see. We have our was it like I, was it like six and a half six? Uh, Look ahead was five and a half on the close, four on the open, five and a half on the close. But I guess you could world make, opener at seven. But you could make the case that well, well, Gino got hurt, Fez. So yeah. th- th- I mean, that's that's legitimate. That that you could you line was one and a half in the summer. Why didn't we bet it at one and a half in the summer, Fez? I did. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, Trent Williams, <laughs> Trent Williams only missed two Want games this year. Ticket? I stand corrected, and they're zero and two in the games that he missed. So he's not. He's just always on the injury report. He's not always hurt. Mm. Yeah. I, I stand corrected. But a healthy 49ers team, in my opinion, is undefeated. Well, not in my opinion. Facts: a healthy 49ers team is undefeated this year, and they're scoring at minimum twenty-seven points per game. Hey, I don't want to brag, you know, but in pocket, I have the San Francisco 49ers under eleven and a half wins and over twelve and a half wins, and. As we keep progressing along, the death number of 12 is looming larger and larger. Braggart. That would be awful. (laughs) 
Uh, let's talk about the Black Friday game. For the first time in NFL history, we have a Black Friday game. The Jets, 10-point dogs at home to the Miami Dolphins. And Tim Boyle will start at quarterback for the Jets. Fez, your, your quarterback rankings, where do you have Tim Boyle? And compare that to Zach Wilson for me, please. Yes, yeah, so I've got them very comparable. I have Tim Boyle, a minus five. Five points worse than an average quarterback. So that's that's a yeah, pretty standard third-string quarterback. I got Zach Wilson four points worse. So it's, he's one point worse. But having said that, I still think in this game the Jets will play better because the defense will play better and harder. Just so happy to get that Wilson the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, whenever you lose the locker room and you put anybody else out there, you're going to see an immediate bump. I, I don't know about that. What I saw last week was the Jets' defense quit. Like they, they just did not, they looked like they didn't want to play anymore this year. And is Tim Boyle going to make them feel better about that? Yes. The thing, the thing is, what, did he make them feel better about it in the second half? Didn't look like look, it. I agree that the Jets' defense likely, you know, quit in that game, but it's because they're on the field so much when your offense is going three and out. This, these guys have no time to even get some water. Oh, they're well, pissed off. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure the Dolphins are gonna. Uh, they're not gonna gas you out. They, they wouldn't do that, right? Like they're not a team that's gonna put up any kind of pressure on you. Like, you think Tim Boyle's suddenly gonna figure it out? You know, I'm gonna give you some numbers about Tim Boyle. I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with his work. <laughs> he has a 19 game college career. Do you want to take a guess, Fez, how many touchdowns he threw in those 19 collegiate games? Well, I'm embarrassed to say we did a little remedial Boyle uh, work. Can you tell me what college that he was? went to the University of Connecticut. They have a football team? <laughs> they have a football team, yeah. Isn't that I the team that's at... always getting 35? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, thought, I thought he was at Eastern Kentucky. You know why they were getting 35? Because in his college career, over three years, Tim Boyle completed 48% of his passes. In those three years... He threw one touchdown pass, not per year, over the three years. He found time to throw 13 interceptions. This guy is like DeVito-level bad. Doesn't I, that, belong in the, the way, NFL the bad. Way, but in fact, that you're, you're is only, my, my you're rating only, comparable you're looking, to DeVito. You're only looking at his UConn stats. Look at what he did at Eastern Kentucky. He had 11 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. Oh, okay. Well, that fixes everything. 12 games played. He had 11 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 2,100 yards. It, do we consider that an up transfer or a down transfer? From UConn to Eastern Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> Depends. I don't know. Uh, I, here's what I think. The Jets' defense should be motivated in this game because the the coach finally made a decision that is in like in lockstep with what's best for the team. For weeks, you have these players probably getting frustrated by hearing Robert Sala say, "Oh, we're still going to back him. We're still going to back Zach." You know all these positive things, and they're just like they don't believe it because they talk can't, to each other. Can't they play. A, they have a players only meeting. And the guy can't play exactly. So when they finally make a decision. I think any time a decision like this is made, it wakes the team up. I agree. And and we also have to look at Tua, much better at home than he is on the road. Uh, 16 and 6 ATS at home, 9, 12 and 1 ATS on the road. What's the temperature going to be like? Cold. Thank night, you. Yeah. Uh, in night games, as this I is, look up the uh, the weather. This is a day game. I thought it was or 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. Yeah. It gets dark at 4.30. Why would people live there? <laughs> it's, All right. So the weather tomorrow, uh, Black Friday, is going to be. Well, it's a four o'clock start. 
Yeah, it, it's yeah, 3 o'clock, whatever. So it's going to be 47 during the day, 27 at night. I think it's an enormous advantage to, of course it to, is. to the Jets because we talked about this. It's not so much that it's cold. It's just that Miami has done nothing but play in good climate. And now, you know, when you go from 80, you know, to 40, that's, that's a huge difference. All right, here's this. Tua has played in his career eight night games and two early morning games. So 10 standalone games. We call those island games, Fez. Mm-hmm. Right? Island games? Is that what you're calling them now? No. Other what people are calling them that. Island games. I think uh, standalone work. There'd be a- yeah. Eight, he's played 10 standalone games. Four and six straight up, three and seven ATS. When the lights are shining bright. Mm. How many, how many uh, standalone games has Tim Boyle played? At well, Connecticut, I'm going to go none. <laughs> Probably not. Let's go back to Eastern Kentucky. We don't talk about FCS football on this pod. I'm sorry. What do you mean? You know how much time we talked about with Ray Lance? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just feel like, man, the the Jets, like we talk about dream crushers. The Jets now know, like three weeks ago, even you thought there was an outside chance the Jets could yes. make the playoffs. I texted I texted you guys and, and, and called you out on that. Well, they no, lost no, don't, they didn't call us out. Okay? If I, I never thought that was the, the case. I thought that. Week one, when Aaron Rodgers was sitting on the field and the cart came out, I said, Jets aren't making the playoffs. Hey, I got plenty of things wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my victory lap. I was, like, screaming at you guys like this whole, oh, they're going to be two and two. They'll be right they up there. They were three and three, be. Fez. They suck. They were three. They were four and three. But they could be yeah. five and one. They, they suck. <laughs> they were about to – they had. They lost two winnable games. They were four people, and three with wins over the Bills and the people Eagles. People are still yeah. doing it. Like, the, people are still talking about, like, the Ohio teams. Like, they have viable chances. Like, oh, you know, it's like, it's like yeah, I know Cleveland can find a way to, like – Oh, Cleveland's going to make the playoffs. Way into the playoffs, they're gonna get their ass kicked. Every sure. the team everybody wants to play. You, you know that team you don't want to play. Yeah, Cleveland's the team you want. To, oh, you have a great defense. Don't care. They're the team I want to play. All right. Well, Fez, we'll let you go. Thank you so much. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy whatever casino you go to later tonight. Uh, maybe I'll see you there as I'm going to play some blackjack. Sounds good. And when the football season ends, um, Texas deep Brazil, guys, I want to go there and like eat lamb chops until we can consume no more. Hey, you know what they say? If it's free for me. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness, and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, 
B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support. Vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Good stuff from Fezzik there. And now, uh, since we're not going to be doing a show for Friday morning, this will be our last show of the week here on Straight Out of Vegas. And some of you might be listening to this on Friday morning. You just, maybe Thanksgiving, you, right. you're busy and you don't listen to the pods because you're not at the gym. And so I listen to pods at the gym. So if I don't go to the gym, I don't listen to the pod that day. So I understand it if you're not listening uh, on Thanksgiving. So if you're listening on Friday, then this is the normal Friday stuff that we do. So let's look ahead to the Sunday action of Week 12, and we'll start with the Saints at the Falcons. AJ, you actually like the Falcons on the Dream Pod. Yeah, I, I think these teams are, are about even. Maybe the Saints a half point better. So the Falcons catching points at home, catching a point at home, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The Saints are dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Michael Thomas out for the foreseeable future. Marshawn Lattimore out for the foreseeable future. Derek Carr is coming back from a concussion. He's one less practice than he would normally have. And the Falcons defense has been most vulnerable against explosive plays. Yep. And that's something that the, the Saints just don't do offensively. Like, you remember Will Levis chucking the ball around on the Falcon. You're not going to do that. It's, that's not what the Saints do. Uh, so I, I just think it doesn't make sense for the Saints to be favored here. Yeah, I would agree with that. I like the Saints in the first half just because it's a fade of the Falcons in the first half. Uh, and this is something that, you know, I was on earlier in the season, kind of went away from. But now I'm coming back to it, especially now with Desmond Ritter back at quarterback for the Falcons. The Falcons 2-8 and eight ATS. In the first half this season, 0-5 at home. The Steelers take on the Bengals. This was my best bet on the Dream Pod. I'm all over Pittsburgh uh, as they are two-point favorites now over Cincinnati. And I think the firing of Matt Canada is going to have a positive impact on this team, AJ. I think uh, we might see them be more run-heavy with Jalen Warren getting more touches. And I'm, I'm back in the Steelers' defense against Jake Browning. Yeah, I wanted to play the Bengals here. And then the Steelers fired Matt Canada. And suddenly I have renewed faith that maybe something positive can happen for the Pittsburgh offense. I still think Kenny Pickett's a joke, but Mike Sullivan's saying the right things. Jalen Warren, we've got to get him more involved. We need to get George Pickens the ball more. I like hearing those things. And I wonder if Cincinnati, like losing that game, is a dream crusher for them. Because now, they, I mean, if they'd won that game and you say, okay, can we piece it together without Burrow? Like the Browns still feel like they're in it. You know, they don't have a quarterback. They feel alive. So the Burrows, the Burrows, yeah, the Burrows, I say that advisedly. The Bengals were 13 to 1 to win the Super Bowl last week. Guess what they are right now? Consensus. 40 to 1. Double it, triple it, 110 to 1. Wow. So they, they, they didn't have a chance. The dream is crushed. Yeah. yeah it's been it, thoroughly crushed. It has to be Pittsburgh or pass. The Panthers are at the Titans. Tennessee, a three and a half point favorite. The, the numbers for Tennessee at home are shocking. Like they've only played three home games, which is wild. <laughs> we're in week. We're, this is week twelve. They've yeah. played three home games. They've played at home one time in the last two months. You know how much mail they got to get. This oh, oh man, it's gonna be. But guess what? Those three Finally home games not. that they've played, <laughs> they've won all three of them. They're how many wins do they have? That's right, 
three. Mm. Uh, so, and this is just a ridiculous. Wow, this is a ridiculous coaching mismatch. Mike Vrabel versus Frank Reich. Yeah. Um, I'm not really interested in backing either one of these quarterbacks, but. Um, if anybody's quit on their coach, I would imagine it's the Panthers. Uh, like the Titans, had, Mike Vrabel's got some equity banked. Mm-hmm. Titans aren't going to quit on him. Uh, but I, I kind of lean to the under more than anything here. I, I 36 and a half. I think this is an under game, but I, I lean to the Titans. Certainly. Well, I also like that because there is some rain in the forecast and especially looking at how bad Carolina is against the run. I think this could be a uh, Derrick Henry resurgence. Yep type of football game. Uh, we talked about his prop on the Dream Pod. It's only at 68 and a half yards, so it seems like that's a good one to go over. The Bucks are at the Colts. Indy laying two and a half at home. Remember the Bucks were catching two and a half just a couple weeks ago at Houston. Hmm. Since then, they won by 14 at home against Tennessee, mm-hmm. lost by 13 at San Francisco, covered at San Francisco. So in the la- And the look ahead on this game was Tampa Bay plus one. So last week, the Bucks covered against the best team in the NFL on the road. The Colts had a bye, and now suddenly the Bucs are a point and a half worse than they were? How's that possible? Mm. How are they How are they catching two and a half at Colts just like they were catching two and a half at Houston? The Texans are clearly better. I think the Colts winning their last two games against the Panthers and Patriots' corpses have them a little bit overvalued. And I think, listen, I get Shaq Leonard's no longer a great player, but his, his full salary was guaranteed this season. Getting rid of him right now doesn't make you better today. I think I know why the spread is what it is. Levante David and Devin White both did not practice. Okay. And those are the two best linebackers. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, I, it just, I, I don't know. I, I can't. a half a point each. I guess I could get there. I, I, I can't get to this two and a half. I, yeah, I just it's don't. still even a half point off yeah. with that. That's fair. I think the, I do think the Bucks are a great teaser leg. I, uh, I do like that, yes. Because um, we see the Colts just they, they all play close games. Uh, the Patriots are at the Giants and New England laying three and a half now. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I'm going to let Mac take the lead here because I I didn't say anything on the Dream Pod. I'm not in love with this play, but it seems like everybody else at the Wise Guy Roundtable was. Yeah, and I loved it a lot more in the contest where we do the picks at minus three. But at minus three and a half, I still like it. And here's why: Tommy DeVito is quarterbacking for the Giants. Not only is he probably, what is it, like the taxi theme from Danny DeVito? I don't know. It's Chela Luna. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Not only is he a rookie quarterback, and Bill Belichick against rookie quarterback, 65% ATS, not the last 20 years, but the last 30 years. This is a trend that worked in Cleveland in 1991, and against just rookies, he's covering by five points a game. I feel like the Giants don't score here. I like Giants team total under. And I'll, I'll take the Patriots laying the points. Yeah, my only problem with this, and I've, I've been doing this every week, I look for these horrific teams laying points on the road, and I say, mm. nope, not going to do it. Yeah. And Patriots are in that group now where it's like, I don't care who the – it says New England at. If it says New England minus a number at, I'm out. So I just – I can't get there with this. I, I see what you're saying, and that was my first thought too was, oh, Belichick's going to make this guy look dumb. But – Who's going to score points for the Patriots? This is a disaster offense right now. I, I thought about that. I know Mac Jones was not was benched, and he hasn't been great. It's just by far the worst year of his three-year career. But don't you think this is like a huge game for him? Like I thought whoever was going to be the quarterback, whether it was Zappi or Mac Jones, 
They're coaching for their future in the NFL. I mean, they're playing for their future in the NFL. It's a big game for them. But this isn't the first time Mac Jones has been benched. Like, this this happened a couple yeah, times. Yeah, but this is the end of the line. I think Bailey Zappi starts from here on out if Mac Jones has a particularly bad game. Uh, you might be right. I, or, I, or Will Greer. I understand your side of it. I'm going to stay away. If anything, I'd look at an I, – I mean, you said team total under. Yeah. I just think full game under is a good look. I, I, I think both these offenses are just trash. I think I'd agree with that. I think they should just start Malik Cunningham. Just to get a different. Now that would be a curveball. Because ju- just get a different dynamic to this offense. Like you know, look, Josh Dobbs is not a great quarterback, but he makes things I mean, happen. I yeah. Will Greer and, may be that guy that and, can make things. But happen. But Malik Cunningham, we've seen what he can do. We saw it in the preseason. He's incredible running the football. Yeah. If you just put him, I'm sure Bill O'Brien can call some plays, read options, get him, you know, get him out in space, and maybe it's just maybe the unscripted is what's best for the Patriots right now. Maybe so. You know, and they had Cam Newton. He was throwing for about four yards per game, A dot, but they won seven games. They yeah. did a lot of stuff on offense without, you know, traditional passing. Provenization. Do you do you agree at this point though, like winning games just for the sake of winning games is probably not in the Patriots' best it's interest. It's probably not in the Patriots' best interest, but Bill Belichick It's in Bill's is, best interest. Is, is, yeah. Cares, yeah. About, cares about his best interest. Let's move on to the Jaguars at the Texans. Jacksonville laying two, and this is not a good spot for the Jags. They are 3-14 and 14 straight up in their last 17 divisional road games. And the Texans have won 10 of their last 11 games against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've won 10 of the last 11, 16 of the last 19, <laughs> 21 of the last 26. Uh, they've also won six of their last eight games this season. the majority season. of wins they have this last decade. Seriously. <laughs> but that, six of the last eight games this season, both those losses – came on the road, and they came on field goals as time expired. Mm. Like, this team is pretty damn good, and they've statistically been better at home. Obviously, a rookie quarterback, you kind of expect that. And you can argue they've got the better quarterback right now. Like, has C.J. Stroud had a better year than Trevor Lawrence? I think you can make that argument. He's above him in our quarterback rankings. And the Texans have a run game now, though I don't think that matters a lot against Jacksonville. You don't want to run a lot against them, but they've done a good job protecting Stroud, and I think the defense is going to dominate in this game. Uh, And the Texans already beat these guys. They beat the Jags by 20 in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a, a, a team that consistently dominates another team. This is franchise domination, and you're telling me with this number, the Jags are significantly better. But like the Texans are getting two points at home. I don't know if the Jags are better at all. And if they are, it's it's like a point or two. So anything you get for home field is gravy. I, I love the Texans here. And also, I think another great teaser leg. leg. No doubt. There's a ton of them this week that are great. Browns are at the Broncos. Denver, one and a Speaking half point of, favorites. I, I, I like the Browns again. And listen, I'm not going to pretend like DTR did anything great in, in that game last week. He didn't. Uh, other than the last drive where he got the win. Mm -hmm. But I think you're going to get a really run-heavy approach, and the Broncos are the worst tackling team in the league. They've got the most missed tackles in the league. PFF grades them as the worst tackling team. Uh, But the Browns, to me, are, like I said this on the Dream Pod, they're like Iowa football. I don't care what you do offensively. Their defense and special teams are going to put them in position to win games. I think Miles Garrett makes this game hell for Russell Wilson. Uh, and the Broncos wins this winning streak they're on is so phony. They're winning the turnover battle in the last four game in this four game win streak. They're winning turnovers thirteen to two. This line says Denver is equal to the Browns, if not better. I don't believe that one bit. So give me Cleveland catching points. Let's talk about the Rams at the Cardinals. Rams are now one and a half point favorites, and uh, I love the Rams in this spot. Uh, 
they dominate Arizona. They dominate in Arizona. They're 8-0 ATS in their last eight games in Arizona. And they get back their starting running back, Kyron Williams. The last time we saw him play, it was against Arizona in a game he rushed for 158 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, Kyron Williams was averaging 4.7 yards per carry. His replacement, Daryl Henderson, was averaging 2.4 yards per carry. And guess what? Daryl Henderson now is back on his couch, unemployed again, because he just wasn't good enough. Um, The Rams were minus 7.5 at home last month. And obviously, you've got to adjust up Kyler Murray from Josh Dobbs, but you're going to go from 7.5 to 1.5? I, I don't see that, and I don't think there's enough adjustment in there to go through those key numbers. And remember, the Rams won that game by 17 points, so they not only covered, they covered handily. I just think the Rams are still underrated. Uh, they, they've the only teams that have beat the Rams are good teams. The one exception being Green Bay, and that Green Bay that was when Brett Rippon was quarterback. So I don't even count it. I just think the Cardinals are, are are being overvalued here. Like, there's people who are saying, like, the Cardinals aren't – I still think they're the worst team in the league. I mean, I guess now that they've got Kyler, I might put them ahead of the Panthers, but that's it. Their defense is that bad that I don't care if Kyler Murray's playing or not. They're still going to be bad. So I, I like the Rams here as a short favorite. Chiefs here in Vegas to take on the Raiders, and they are laying eight and a half. Yeah, I, I like the Raiders here, and I like the under. I, I think we're going to see a pretty conservative game plan from Aiden O'Connell. He threw three picks. Mm-hmm. That's the first time he's thrown multiple picks in the NFL. Um, and the Raiders are clearly more focused on defense with Pierce in charge. Um, they're still a little weak against the run, but I don't know that that matters a lot against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs' offense, is this is just not what we're used to. This is not a normal Chiefs' offense. Teams are limiting Kelsey, and the Chiefs haven't found anyone else to make teams pay for it. Um, The Raiders' defense is the best it's been in a long time. They should be able to put some pressure on Mahomes. This is just too many points to lay in what I think is going to be a pretty low-scoring game. And I love the second half under. Both of these teams combined 19-2. and to the second half under this season. They both are very low scoring in the second half. The Bills are at the Eagles. Philly laying three and a half now. And I guess at that number, AJ, you're all over the Bills. I'm all over the Bills. Yeah, I I don't think there's a lot separating these two teams. Everyone talks about how lucky the Steelers have been this year. I think the Eagles have been almost as lucky as them. They've been outgained in three straight weeks by over 100 yards per game. Kansas City was the fifth time this season that the Eagles – opponent has had the ball driving down the field with a chance to win or tie they're four and one in those games the eagles are uh and it's like Dak's toe stepped out of bounds uh Kayshawn booty couldn't get his his foot down um mvs drops a wide open touchdown it's crazy ways that they're winning mm-hmm. and people are like well but they've only got one loss they're really really good their defense is like their pass defense is bad there's no like two ways about it they are a bad secondary and the Bills, what I saw last week from the offense, and by the way, I think the Bills' offense is clearly better than Philly's as well. They showed me something that got me interested in. Beating up the Jets' defense the way they did, 32 points against the Jets, that is an alarming number. Yeah. Josh Allen took just one sack in that game. I think their confidence is building. Josh Allen said, we're back. I, I think I think the Bills' team might be a problem going forward. I, I Three and a half is an absurd number, in my opinion. It also could be a letdown spot for the Eagles. I mean, it's a big opponent in the Bills, but you're coming off a Super Bowl rematch. Yep. Where that you won. That you won. And you know, now it's like minus 1,100 for you to win the NFC East. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, the Bills are a big opponent, but what's their record? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Sunday Night Football, the Ravens are at the Chargers. Baltimore laying three and a half. 
I, I hate to even say this out loud, but I, I lean to the Chargers here. Uh, the Ravens had some big injuries last week. Mark Andrews, uh, Ronnie yeah, Stanley. I picked up Isaiah Likely in fantasy. Ronnie Stanley and Marlon Humphrey both got hurt last week, but they're, they're back to practice again on a limited basis. I don't, I'm not crazy about betting against this Ravens team. I love this team, but I don't know if the Chargers have quit or not. It felt like last week felt like, man, these guys might just, it might be time to just roll over. Like when it, Justin Herbert had a game last week that he, if I were him, I'd be Dame Lillard right now saying, <laughs> I want to be traded. Get me out of this place. Um, I, I don't know. And every game, I feel like this might be Brandon Staley's last game. And they've lost enough games that they weren't supposed to lose that he really has to start winning some games that they're not supposed to win. This could be one of them. Um, I, and if they if the Chargers had plus three and a half in every game this year, they'd have one loss, and that was to the Chiefs. Uh, so all these losses that they've got, they're by one point, two mm. points, one point, three points, one point. Uh, uh, three and a half is too many, so I, I'd lean to the Chargers here. All right, well, there's a look at your NFL action for Sunday, and on Monday morning we will be back with you to preview Monday night. No NBA uh, or NHL games here on Thanksgiving, uh, but we'll talk about what's coming up on the schedule. Friday in the NBA, the play-in tournament group stage resumes. And let me just refresh what we know right now in the NBA play-in tournament is that uh, eight teams advance to the quarterfinals. It's the six group winners and two wild cards. We already know that the Lakers have clinched Group A in the Western Conference, and we know that the Pacers have clinched Group A in the Eastern Conference. Those are the only two teams that have clinched so far. On Friday, the Celtics are at the Magic. Boston laying four and a half, McKenzie. With a win, the Celtics will clinch Group C. And I'm seeing already five and a halves popping up. I love the corridor of minus four and a half and minus five so often in the NBA. And these are based on long-term algorithms. I don't think appreciate this. It's a tight game all the way through, and then in the last minute, you get down three. What are you going to do? You're going to shoot a three. What are you going to do 75% of the time when you're forced to take a three? You're going to miss it. Then you're going to foul, and you're going to end up losing by five. I've seen this over and over and over again. If you can get four and a half, get it right now. Another thing, if you like the magic, if you like the other side, don't bet the plus five and a half in the game. Bet them in the first half. These are the top two teams in the NBA by margin in the first half. Celtics are all right in the second half. They're top 10. The Magic are the second worst team in the second half. Young team, a lot of enthusiasm, good coaching. They come out strong and almost always fade. So if you like the Celtics game, if you like the Magic, play them in the first half. Up next, the Suns are at the Grizzlies. Uh, what's the line on this game, the early line that you're seeing, McKenzie? Seeing Suns minus five and a half. Okay, so for this scenario, for the Suns here, is they're still trying to uh, catch, catch, catch the Timberwolves for that wild card spot to be that fourth team to make it in right now. Um, as far as the group is concerned for the Suns, they are not in first place right now because, well, they have no chance to win the group because the Lakers won the group already. So the yeah. group is out of the equation. So all they're, all they're playing for right now is to catch the Timberwolves for that wild card spot. Or it could be the Kings. Any of these teams that are 2-0 and could easily fall to 2-1 and where the Suns are right now. Suns have played really well the last couple of weeks with Booker. I guess it's been a week since Booker's been back. Uh, dominated the Warriors, even though the Warriors had revenge on Wednesday night. Uh, I like where they're going. I don't know if the market has caught up with them yet. And opposite is true with the Grizzlies. They've fallen like a knife. So I would take the Suns here. 
The Heat are at the Knicks and Miami, currently in possession of that wild card in the East. Rematch of last year's playoff game. I got to feel like the Knicks, I mean, they're more talented. There's a reason they were minus 250 favorites entering that series. A big revenge spot. I know it's an in-season tournament, so you could argue the Heat are max motivated, but they just had a good win against uh, the Cavs on Wednesday. I feel like they come back to earth, uh, even with the day off. I like the Knicks here. Bulls are at the Raptors. These teams are out of contention here in the play-in tournament. What's the line here? Uh, Raptors minus four and a half. These teams are equal, but the Bulls have quit, and they are talking about trading and ex- exchanging and expelling everybody. Wow. So uh, four and a half is probably right, but it shows you how much that motivation is a factor. It should be two and a half, but we're making it four and a half because the Bulls have quit. The Pacers are looking to complete the group stage undefeated as they are 3-0 and winners, uh, uh, currently the one seed, and looking to lock up that home court. Yeah, I bet against the Pacers this week. I will not do that again recently. I don't understand how they're doing it. The number one offense in the NFL, Buddy Heald, is making like 80% of his threes, it seems like. Uh, that's just a pass for me. It's like crazy to see these two teams were even last year, and now the Pacers are minus 9.5. The Nuggets are at the Rockets. Uh, Nuggets uh, outside shot at that wild card spot. Here's a the theme. Great team loses like the Nuggets, arguably the best team in the NBA. Bet them the next game. It's been working for the Celtics. It worked for the Bucks when they were at their peak. It works for the best teams in the league. They make a statement here. Speaking of the Bucks, big home favorites against the Wizards. <sighs> Over. I don't know what the total is yet. It isn't up, but the Bucks cannot keep a lead, and the Wizards play as fast as anybody. So I feel like the Bucks are going to get up here, and whether they keep it in cover – who knows at 14, but I would take the over. The Bucks are currently the uh, two seed as they are leading their group with a 2-0 record. You have the Kings at the Timberwolves, and like I said, Minnesota re- currently in possession trying to hold off the Suns for that wild card spot in the West. Yes, and reminder, scoring margin matters. Could very easily come down to that tiebreaker. Kings right now plus eight, Timberwolves plus five. It's pretty close, so... You know, these, these 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 numbers might matter down the edge, these little edges. Yep. The Spurs are at the Warriors. Wemby goes up against the Golden State Warriors. Wemby's been bad. Like, at first he wasn't great. Now he's been bad. They've lost their last nine games, and he is a key culprit. Uh, growing pains right now for the big man. And the Pelicans are at the Clippers, who have turned it around ever since Russell Westbrook decided to come off the bench. They definitely have, but Zion Williamson actually looks like Zion Williamson of late. He's shooting better. He's Speed is better. His defense is better. I look for some props for him uh, against the Clippers team with a lot, a lot of, with, without a lot of size. I'm without a lot of size. I'll be neutral on the side though. The, this is my power ratings made exactly by myself. The Maui Invitational got wrapped up yesterday, and Purdue is your champion. They win 78-75, holding off Marquette. They Heck of a game. Number one team in the nation. They have to be the new number one team. Obviously, Kansas fell in this tournament, uh, and I, I would assume, and they 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 won the second place game or the third place game, I guess, over Tennessee, sixty nine to sixty. Should we fade the number one team? Last year, that seemed to work every week. It does. The problem is fading. Like you ha- you can't fade Purdue with bad teams. Because Zach Eady's going to score hundred. He yeah, it, the, it, which. I say that, and then Fezzik lost like uh, I don't know how many oh, yeah, dollars right. a bet, yeah. uh, gets a bad team Barely Dickinson? outright. But yeah, Barely per- even Dickinson. Purdue typically dominates teams that don't have the the type of body that can hold Zach Eady. He's just such a nightmare to deal with uh, that I, I I don't know I, I don't know when the next chance to fade them will be. Gotcha. Uh, Gonzaga got a 69-65 win over UCLA. UCLA covers. I, I was worried that maybe Gonzaga's depth would would cost them. They got the win, but did not get the cover. And uh, and North Carolina, 91-69 winner. This one pained me. This is in the uh, the bad boy 
mowers battle for Atlantis, I gave out plus 12. I was on plus 12 with Northern Iowa. I was excited about Northern Iowa. I said, man, they were in bad health last year. They brought everybody back. They're healthy. This is a good team. They were up 41-35 at half. I'm feeling great. Wow. Got an 18.5-point cushion. How about a 33-6 to run to start the second well, half? Now you don't have that same cushion. That the you cushion was gone. It was a disaster. Uh, North Carolina amongst those teams in action today. They are taking on North Carolina, and this should be an interesting matchup. Uh, Nova plus three. I don't like Villanova. I don't like their coach. I think they're. I think this is a, in general a a, a bad team, uh, and I've had my fill of fading North Carolina. So I, North Carolina, the only way I would look in this one, Texas A and M is laying seven against Penn State in the ESPN Invitational down in Kissimmee, Florida. Uh, I, I lean A&M in that game. Florida Atlantic minus six and a half against Butler. That's also at that ESPN Invitational. Probably the biggest game of the day, at least from a brand standpoint. Arizona is at or against Michigan State. It's in Palm Springs, California, so yeah. a neutral site game. Uh, Arizona now up to minus five and a half. I, I, I think Arizona is the, the only way I would look here. Arizona, like Michigan State just doesn't have a lot of scoring. Uh, seems like it's going to be difficult for them to to keep up with a fast-paced Arizona team. Creighton is a eight-and-a-half-point favorite against Colorado State in the Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City, Missouri. Memphis is taking on Arkansas. Memphis plus two, and that's in the battle for Atlantis as well. And then Seton Hall is a four-and-a-half-point dog against USC. They're playing that game in San Diego, California. The total in this game is the way I would look. 142 is the total. Seton Hall, I'm not a fan of their team. What they do have is good def- perimeter defensive players. And against USC, that's a problem. USC, that's where, that's where they want to kill you with Collier and Boogie Ellis. Seton Hall can slow those guys down. I think under 142, a good look in this game. Just one college football game tonight on Thanksgiving. It is the Egg Bowl. Number 12, Ole Miss at Mississippi State. And Why is it Ole called Miss. the Egg Bowl? They play for a golden egg trophy. Yeah. Okay. I figured they had the golden egg trophy because they called it the Egg Bowl. I No, I think they've, they've made a trophy and then they said. They were so bad at making trophies. It's just like some oval blob. Yeah. Right? It's golden. What are you talking about? You know, I have some family in Mississippi. That sounds about right. Yeah. Well, since 1927, the squad talk to has been <laughs> awarded the Golden Egg Trophy. So, okay, yeah. there you go. Is, <laughs> but I, I still think that the best name for a rivalry, and this is rivalry week in college football, but I still think the best name is, what is it? It's Georgia and, and Georgia Tech. Is that clean, old, clean, old-fashioned clean old hate? Yeah. That's, that's Except, the, that's that the make best name for a rivalry. Do you think Georgia really hates Georgia Tech? <laughs> I don't think so. I think we're talking about the name, not the aptness of oh, the name. Okay, all right. It's just the the best uh, It's the best name for a game. Now, some of them are... Um, I like the Red per- River Shootout. It's good. No, you can't call it that anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Red, Red River, River Rivalry. Oh, because guns are bad. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Rivalry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those are really good ones. And um, that's in Texas. I'm just... <laughs> I mean, we could talk about like all the the battle for whatever trophies, right? Like the, the every Big Ten, like the oaken bucket and the wooden, I don't know what they call it. Like battle, the battle wooden for, shoe, battle for Paul Bunyan's axe. Oh yeah, it's so the, stupid. The jeweled shillelagh. Like, <laughs> that's Notre Dame and USC. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Imagine having a trophy case full of all these dumbass trophies. I, I don't know. But but I think some of the the best names, Iron Ball. That's a good name. Iron Bowl is a great game. Solid. Alabama over. 
the backyard brawl. I like that. Pitt, West, Pitt, West Virginia. Virginia. Also, uh, yeah, Pitt, West uh what is it? Um, there's got. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Well, do you guys know what? Border which, War, Kansas, Missouri. Yeah. That's do you cool. guys know which game is called the game historically? That's uh, Yale and uh, Yale, Harvard. Harvard. Yeah. Yale and Harvard. Damn, game. I thought I stumped you. Yeah. Also, the game. There's more. There's a. There's a lot of ones called the game. Yeah, but on Wikipedia, I looked at it. it says the game right here. Yeah. Harvard, <laughs> Yale. Let's go. When is that? This week. Uh, it was actually last week. I used to have it after Thanksgiving. I guess I have it before now. Damn, Yale won. You should you should have said yes and said I'll say what's your handicap and then you can just give me a, yeah I expect this final score. It's gonna be like twenty three ish eighteen ish. Yeah, <laughs> because the game can also refer to Michigan and Ohio State and to Triple H. I am the game. <laughs> that was more macho, man. Uh, let's, a little love at the underdog. All right, on top. Egg Bowl first. Uh, Ole Miss laying ten and a half. Total of that's the game. Four and a half. It's gone down the total from fifty-five and a half. I, I like the under. You and I talked about this on the College Football Pod. And, and, and please, for a full breakdown of all of these games here in the top twenty-five and some best bets, be sure to listen to the College Football Dream Pod, which was released on uh, Wednesday morning on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed, so definitely check that out. But I like the under in this game. I think Ole Miss is going to have a lot of success running the football. I I, think that it's going to milk the clock. Yeah, I do too. Uh, This is a – listen, Ole Miss isn't putting up the typical cartoon numbers that they did, and Will Rogers came back last week against Southern Miss. He hit 44% of his passes. He clearly doesn't look like himself. Uh, So – I. I think this is a slog of a game, and these rivalry games tend to to lean to being tight. So, yeah, I, I like the under in this game as well. Let's pick out a few of these games. We'll go to uh, Friday night, the Civil War, Oregon State at Oregon, and Oregon laying a big number, 13-and-a-half. Oregon State last week mm-hmm. – was favored against Washington. A good spot, home, yeah. Now they're laying or they're catching almost two touchdowns. Bad spot on the road. I don't. I don't know, man. Like, that, are we giving out like ten points for a bad spot now? That seems wild to me. Uh, I lean to Oregon State, and I lean to the over here. I, I, I I'm probably going to stay away from the side because Bo Nix wants to put up Heisman numbers, and he's you know this is a, a, a chance to do it. So I think this is a high scoring game, though. All right, let's talk about it, AJ. Michigan, Ohio the game, State. Some people call the it game. <laughs> yeah, uh, numbers gone back down to three. At three Ooh. and a half, I liked Ohio State. Uh, at three, uh, I, I'm kind of eh. Um, I think there's a lot going on with Michigan. I, I keep wanting to fade them every single week with this Jim Harbaugh story. Um, I don't think he'll be there after this season. And if Ohio State wins, well, he, he, maybe he doesn't even coach them in the bowl game. I've heard now from two people. One came to me like uh, like somebody got in my, my DMs and said, hey, I've got some info for you. Nice. And one was from a source that I know and I trust that said, J.J. McCarthy's injured, like injured, like in a way that he's probably going to need surgery at the end of the season. Uh, That worries me uh, about Michigan's chances here, although we we have seen them have some success. I don't know. I mean, we've seen we've seen Ohio. I mean, Michigan beat Penn State without throwing the football. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. They just Michigan's there's such bullies in the trenches. Uh, it, this is this game is just terrifying to me. That's why I like the under. I mean, it, whether Michigan competes or doesn't, I, I think that it's a, a low scoring Big Ten type of game. We've seen some high scoring games the last couple of years, but CJ Stroud was in those games. There's no CJ Stroud here. It's Kyle McCord against a potentially hobbled JJ McCarthy. I think this is an under game. 
So I'm reading an article here when I Google McCarthy injury because it doesn't seem to be well reported. Michigan's football is completely different without Jim Harbaugh. McCarthy is completely different without Jim Harbaugh. Are you saying that that's a bunch of baloney and it's actually he's been hurt the whole time and, and no one's reported? I'm, I'm saying that that is a possibility. That is a possibility. I mean, with two different sources from different – they don't they didn't talk to each other. No, I'm certain they didn't. Seems to have some credibility. Well, I like Ohio State anyway in this game. I just think there's too much going on with Michigan. And I think this com- this this – this could come down to a last-second field goal. It could go into overtime. And I like catching points in a game that I think is just going to be so even that, hey, if I get plus three and we go into triple overtime, guess what? It's an automatic you, win. You win. The, the, the thing that scares me is the last two years, this has not been a game that, that came down to a field goal. Like, this yeah. is uh, – this is also a Michigan is just hasn't been a favorite of Ohio State like ever in forever. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't happen very so often. So rare that Michigan's a favorite in but this game. The last like winning by you and know Michigan was banged up last week against Maryland. A couple of offensive linemen were banged yeah. up. Yeah, but the, I mean, Michigan's won this game by two touchdowns or more. Two touchdowns and three touchdowns the last couple of years. So it, it worries me. And that's the other thing. If one team has a chance to run it up in this game, they absolutely run it up. There's a lot of lopsided scores in this game over the years. Well, for more breakdown on the top 25 schedule, please head to RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed and check out the college football Dream Preview, which was released on Wednesday morning. No NHL games on the schedule for Thanksgiving. Uh, I think everybody in the league will be in action on Friday. A couple of big games that I'll just highlight real quick. The Rangers are at the Flyers. Uh, so John Tortorella for the Flyers head coach gets to uh, maybe get some revenge against his former squad in the Rangers. Rangers uh, off to a great start this season, 13-3-1. And, and the biggest reason I think the Rangers are off to this incredible start is Jonathan Quick, the backup goaltender, is playing like the old, young Jonathan Quick. He recorded his 60th career shutout on Wednesday night. And now you go from Igor Shesterkin who's a Vesna winner, who's a perennial favorite to win the Vesna trophy every year. And when he needs a night off, you have Jonathan Quick playing at the level that he's playing at. You got two elite goaltenders now, and I think the Rangers are just a dangerous team. Uh, 13-3-1 to start the year. The Bruins are 14-1-3 to start the year. They will host the Red Wings, who are pretty feisty, the the Red Wings. Um, Elsewhere uh, on the schedule, some interesting games of note. You can look at the Lightning at the Hurricanes. Carolina playing really well. They're 6-1 at home this season and looking to take advantage of a Tampa Bay team that's still just trying to stay afloat until they get Andre Vasilevsky back. And uh, the Avalanche, who are just hotter than anybody right now, 12-6 and on the season. They are at the Wild. And the Canucks, who have been incredible, got humbled on Wednesday by the Avalanche. They will be at the Kraken. Just uh, some of the games to highlight on a very busy schedule on Friday in the NHL. Uh, no UFC this weekend, AJ? No UFC. No. Holiday off. Take, taking the Thanksgiving holiday off? Yep, they'll be in Austin next weekend. Bums. Good fights. Uh, well, here's what you can do this weekend. And you can go to pregame.com and take advantage of an incredible offer that we're giving you for the Thanksgiving holiday. Our way of saying thanks to you. That's why we're on the air here doing this podcast for Thanksgiving, to say thanks to you. Use the promo code GRAVY30 in honor of Thanksgiving. GRAVY30 will get you $30 off anything you'd like at pregame.com. GRAVY30 gets you $30 off anything 
at pregame.com. And uh, if you listen to the Dream Pod, we gave out an incredible deal. If you listen to the College Football Pod, we gave out an incredible deal. Now we're giving you a bonus $30 to spend by using our promo code on SOV, Gravy30. That's what I call gravy on top. You see what I did there, I guys? see what you did, you see yeah. What I did? yeah. See what I did? I'm almost there. Well, fellas, have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your with green bean casserole. You do that? Oh, yeah. You do mac yeah. and cheese? Oh, I love mac and cheese. Oh, yeah, I'm making some mac and cheese. Nice. AJ, you're smoking a turkey? Smoking a turkey. No spatchcock? No, that's no lazy. Spatchcock. No turduckins. No. Yeah. Mackenzie, you spatchcock? Um, you got to say that again slower. <laughs> <laughs> there's a comma well, and there's a period. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, our loyal listeners of Straight Out of Vegas AM. Uh, we might surprise you, and and instead of not having anything to put out on Friday morning, maybe I'll just turn on my microphone and record something by myself because, you know, who needs these guys? So we'll <laughs> see what – but, hey, have a th- happy Thanksgiving. Most importantly, do not drink and drive. If you have a couple of glasses of wine at your Thanksgiving get-together, do not drive. Message me. I'll pay for your Uber. Yes. That is why we're not doing a show tomorrow morning. <laughs> Careful out there, as Fez would say. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, happy Thanksgiving.